This is Transistor.fm. You know, even extroverts need some rest every once in a while, John. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2018. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I'm a product and marketing guy. Follow along as we launch Transistor.fm. How's it going, John? Uh, it's going well. How about you? You've uh, been traveling a bit. Yeah, I'm in Las Vegas. We're doing this live from Las Vegas. And apologies to our, all our listeners. This episode's going to be a day late. Uh, just with me traveling here, uh, I'm at MicroConf, which is, I think they describe it as the biggest conference in the world for self-funded startups. And that nice. sounds, sounds right up our alley. Yeah, it's, it is right <laughs> up our alley. Um, I, I should think, have gotten a ticket. Yeah, you know what? Actually, next year you should come for sure. Yeah, I should. It sounds great. Uh, there's two kind of editions. There's two conferences back to back. One is growth, and that's for anybody already making a full time living from digital products. And then there's starter edition for people who are just kind of ramping up or looking for an idea or about to launch or have launched and are just trying to get up to a full time income. And so I'm attending the growth edition and then I'm speaking and I'm seeing the starter edition, which starts tomorrow morning. Oh, cool. Yeah, so uh, I thought it would be interesting to, because I'm here and I'm having all these conversations, it's like one of the few times you can kind of run into your people. And yeah. it's interesting, you know, there's, for example, I've run into a lot of people who are listening to our show. And when you see a real human being in front of you, that's like, oh, yeah, I listened to your show. I'm really liking it. That's it's uh, it's a totally different experience than getting a tweet or an email, uh, you know. The, yeah, it makes I'm sure it makes it so much more real. Oh yeah, at real and also I think it's given me the opportunity to say, okay, but I'm I'm glad you're listening, but what could we do to make it better? Like what you know what what could we do to make the show more interesting? Or and then you know I've had lots of conversations about Transistor. And then there's also some great talks that have had, you know, just uh, a bunch of insights for us as we're building this thing. So, yeah, I'm sure. If uh, if you don't mind, I thought we could just kind of riff on that for a bit. Just talk about what I've been experiencing. That sounds great. I'd love to hear what you're learning, and I'm sure uh, our listeners do too. Cool. Uh, I, I think that the the, the bit of <laughs> I'll start with is that uh, I've gotten some feedback. So for for the podcast. Derek Reimer and Eric Normand say, we want to hear you make some decisions and fight it out on air. <laughs> and, All right. And uh, I thought that was funny. And as I was thinking about that, I was like, you know, we, you and I make a lot of decisions in Slack. And then we kind of just come back here and report, you know, what decisions we made. Yeah. And I think what some folks are, 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 are well, what these two guys were saying was, you know, I, I, I want to hear a little bit of the, the drama. I want to hear a little bit of uh, all what, what got you here, you know? So you made a decision, but what was the back and forth right. up until that moment? And I said, well, I mean, sometimes it means me suggesting something and John saying he's going to think about it for two days. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so it might be a really long podcast. Yeah. Or just boring. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it all depends on how fiery we get. Yeah. Well, maybe we can, you know, maybe for the one of the next upcoming shows, we can think about a topic that we need to decide on and just actually decide on it on the air. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And actually, what... Um, one thing Derek said, he is uh, Rob Walling's co-founder in Drip, and they've had an interesting transition. Uh, they were acquired by Lead Pages, I think, a couple years ago, and um, they both recently left Drip. And so this is kind of a big, big deal, a big transition, and yeah. they're sharing a, a lot of their thoughts about you know what that acquisition experience was like, and then what it was like working on the product post-acquisition. But he said, you know, some of his favorite moments with Rob Walling is when Rob would come into the room and say, okay, this is going to sound crazy, but what do you think? Mm -hmm. And uh, he said often, you know, Rob's initial idea wasn't quite right, but it was enough to kick off some thoughts in Derek's mind where he'd be like, oh, wait, you know, you're not, you're, you're on the right track, but it's not this, it's this over here. And then they would have yeah. these kind of really great moments. So I don't know if we can capture that on on uh, on radio, so to speak. But I thought it was kind of interesting, kind of a fun idea that maybe one day, yeah, we'll we'll say, okay, let's decide something on air, and then people can hear yeah. our back and yeah, forth. It sounds like people want, people want to know how the sausage is made, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> exactly. I, I have heard a lot of folks really like our um, dynamic, though, because it. It, it definitely feels like it's coming from two perspectives and, um, you know, it's two different human beings trying to make forward progress on an idea. Mm -hmm. And so that's the part people have liked that, that tension between, you know, um, you know, the, the way I might want to do things and the way you want to do things and then still yep. moving forward on, okay, how are we going to build something that customers want? So that's been really encouraging, just to have people go, yeah, I I I really dig that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's I I think it would be a lot of a lot different dynamic if if it was you know two developers talking about it or two two marketing guys talking about it. Yeah. Like, plus, we just have different. I think we have slightly different approaches and. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The and a lot of podcasts are like that. It's like either for developers or for business dudes, but there's not a lot in the middle, um, and right. we're we're kind of in that in that zone so Bla we're blazing a trail blazing a trail uh it, it's actually again I, I already said this but it's been really um both gratifying and just um i don't know interesting to hear to have people come up to me and say hey i've been listening to the show uh so thanks for everyone that's done that uh there's also i've also been able to talk a lot about transistor people are curious right i've been going to this conference for the past three years. And so yeah. people know a little bit about my story. And so they hey, what's going on with this new thing? And what do you think the number one question people have about it is? Uh, what's the price? Uh, no, not what, what's the price. No? The number one thing is, why do I need Transistor? Don't you just upload your podcast to Apple iTunes or uh -huh. something? And so to have that... Uh, to have that response over and over again, there's definitely a trend, and it, it shows a little bit of the friction we're up against. Hey, do, do you run into that too? Like when you're talking to people? 
Yeah, they're like, what is? Well, yeah, they're like, what is it? What is it? What is a podcast host? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think once I'm able to say, like, the first thing I say is, well, if you're going to have a podcast, you need a place to to host your MP3s. You need a place to track your analytics. You need a place to generate a podcast. Uh, uh, I was going to say worthy podcast worthy feed, uh, <laughs> the, the right feed for podcasts. Uh, you might need a place to you know generate your podcast website, and that's what we do. And once I yep. say that, people are like, "Oh, okay, this that makes sense." Related. Well, we had a customer um, ask a question, and they were like. Uh, related to kind of one of our new features and it's like, well, uh, if, you know, if you don't, if you don't just automatically, um, submit my show to Apple, then how do you turn that off? And I'm like, no, you can't actually do that. Yeah. Yeah. People don't understand. And I think they have a, a, a cursory understanding that, you know, there's Spotify and you can get your show on Spotify somehow and there's Stitcher and you can get your show on Stitcher somehow. And so, you know, the pros, uh, the pros. The pro about podcasting is it's built on this open platform called RSS, which means you choose where you want to host your feed and you choose where you want to host your media. And then all these other places like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, etc., yeah. they are directories that consume that feed. But in most cases, when people click download or play, that's streaming off in our case, transistors server. And so, uh, unfortunately, and the, but there's people like Spotify that reconsume the feed. And uh-huh. uh, I was having, a, I got to meet uh, our first, I think he was our first customer after cards. I'm not sure, but Joe Workman, we've talked about him before. Oh, cool. uh, yeah. And so I got to shake his hand. Uh, he, he was looking real dapper. He was wearing a bow tie. And oh, uh, nice. he has a show called Weaver Radio, if, if you folks want to check it out. But just, He's just been super pumped about having a podcast, about being able to, you know, he's got this whole community in, uh, I think it's called Rapid Weaver. So it's folks that use this one web development tool called Rapid Weaver, and that's kind of his target audience. And they say, he said they're really responding. Uh, but even talking to him, I'm like, okay, so I'm glad it's going well, but what are some things you wish you had? Or, you know, what, what are some things you've run into? And uh, he's like, well, I-, I wish I knew how many subscribers I had, I have, like, what, is that possible? And I'm like, ah, you know, in the old days, a lot of folks used FeedBurner for that. Yeah. And there's, you know, advantages and disadvantages. And I said, but th- there's not really a great way of doing that. And part of it is that there's no mechanism within RSS to say, you know, Here's here's how many people are subscribed to this feed. We we just don't really know. Yeah, it's it's weird that like you are subscribing to a feed technically, but you don't know how many people are actually subscribing to it. Just yeah, because you can you can consume it in so many different ways, and you don't know if if you know it's the same person. Like you could subscribe on you could subscribe in iTunes on your phone mm-hmm. or in on your computer, and technically that's two separate subscribers. Yeah. I mean, it's it really, it's, it's really hard to, to nail that down. So I think yeah. more so now it's, it's common to have like unique downloads or something like that. Yeah. And, and for example, you can, you can get a, a sense by if, if you look at every time you release a new episode, whatever that peak mm-hmm. is, is 
likely the number of people who are subscribed because all of their podcatchers are downloading the show at the same time. Yeah. Um, and again, this is the beauty of RSS is um, the, the data was meant to flow one way. So the, yeah. the feed goes out one way, but nothing comes back in terms of analytics or tracking. Uh, similar to email, actually. When you send out an email, it's meant to go out one way. The only way to track it are these hacks that we've added later, like link tracking, um, uh, pixels, like tracking pixels. So mm-hmm. I, I was, I've described a little bit my experience on YouTube and how it's different than podcasting and just not controlling where my content, like how my content gets displayed, what ads get put on it. Um, you know, YouTube has everything. And the beauty of podcasting is that it's so distributed, no one's going to own it, but there are these disadvantages. So one thing I, t- yeah. I told uh, Joe was that there, we are getting more data from iTunes now, and um, eventually we'll get, be getting data from Spotify. So yep. it, it's, it's plausible that we'll be able to give people the number of uh, subscribers they have in Apple Podcasts and the number of subscribers they have in Spotify. Yeah, we should. We could. Yeah, we could probably generate some sort of like guesstimate, educated guess. Yes. O- overall, how many people you might have? Oh, that's true. Actually, maybe we should just give our best guess too. That just yeah. so people have a sense. Uh, I also wanted to talk. I had this great talk with Ruben Gamez. Uh, he's the founder of BidSketch. He's one of those people that when I come to MicroConf, I just he's the, one of the people I want to talk to, and. Um, we have this thing here called the hallway track, which is just a made-up term to mean you're, you're just kind of walking in the hallway, you know, going to your room, and you run into somebody, and you have a great conversation. Yeah. And Ruben's built an incredible business. Um, he's, he doesn't reveal his numbers, but he's one of the most profitable, self-funded startups I know about. And a very small team. I think he's got three or four people. And so kind of in our wheelhouse too. Like we're, I mean, we might grow to 30 people, but I think you and I are kind of thinking, ah, at the beginning, it'd be nice to be smaller, right? Yeah. You're supposed to disagree with me, John, so we can have a little fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he had so many interesting insights. Also, he's the kind of guy, like I, I've gone to Portland and visited him as well. And He'll sit down and he just does not put up with any of my BS. Like, you know, if I'm trying to be charming or or kind of like, I, I really want him to accept this idea I'm presenting. He's just very rational and objective, and you know, there's there's no getting around his kind of the truth as he sees it. And so, kind of a good person to talk to, right? Yeah. Uh, and so he said, you know. The first thing he told me is he said, be careful not to chase people who aren't already in motion. Instead, optimize for folks already searching for podcast hosting. And I think this is somewhat based on his experience uh, building his business, which was almost all built on SEO, people searching for freelance proposal template. Mm-hmm. And um, I... As I was thinking about that, I was thinking, you know, I think one thing, and this isn't necessarily bad, it's a little bit of a reflection of my personality, but a lot of what I do is, is 
is kind of based on, you know, I'm going to make some phone calls and I could probably take someone from being like, ah, I'm kind of interested in a podcast to like, yeah, I want to start a podcast. Like, I, <laughs> I, I like doing that. I like being able to say, you know, hey, I think you should have a show. And they'll be like, ah, I don't know. And, and, and having that challenge of convincing them. Yeah, that's a very hands-on approach though, right? It's not really, it's hard to optimize for that. Yes. Because there's only one of you. Yes, exactly. And I think that's the, a big part of the mistake I've made in the past is I've leaned too heavily on that. And so I think talking to Ruben, I was like, oh, okay, great. This is exactly what I need to hear. And uh, what he was saying is he's like, this feels like as I was describing the industry to him, because at first he thought, oh, don't you just upload it to Apple? And, but as I described to him how it works, he said, okay, you know what this feels like? This feels a lot like the early days of website hosting. So if you think back to um, you know, the early 2000s, or even uh, early WordPress hosting, right? Um, at first, it was like people were just installing WordPress themselves uh, on their own host. But eventually, this whole new breed of web hosts emerged that made it easy to host a WordPress site. Uh, so I think there's some parallels there. Do you think? Did you kind of? Do you kind of see it? I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think back on the early days. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a mystery back then. Yeah. And in order to host WordPress, it was still very manual. You're creating your own database. You're setting up WordPress. You're... Yeah. And, yeah. and I think Matt Mullenweg probably got a lot of the same questions we are. Like, uh, wait, don't I just... Because at the time, WordPress didn't have their own hosting. It was like, well, wait, don't I just go to WordPress.org and like create a site there? And he would have right. to say, no, 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 you, you, you host it yourself. You choose the host you want. It's open source. And, and yeah. so he's like, we, what we should do is go back and see what worked for the, the people that were early in that business. Um, and so he had like, uh, I actually, I got to ask him what he meant by this because I, I, I had this as my note, but he said like create a directory. Um, uh-huh. So I'm, get, I'm, I'm thinking maybe he was thinking like, um, like the word, like a, in the early days, it was like where to get your WordPress site hosted, and there's a directory. So yep. that's one way to like get, um, you know, get traffic. Um, oh, he did. The other thing he said is go back and and see what kind of backlinks these uh, website hosts are getting. So, you know, what worked for them might work for us in the podcast hosting industry. Oh, sure. If other podcast hosts are Bluehost, how can we be WP Engine? And I was thinking about, you had a talk with Max, I think you were saying. Yeah. Um, and he was, was, it, was he complaining about podcast analytics? Uh, yeah, he was complaining about analytics um, from a different host and saying they were sort of all over the map and changing. He couldn't, couldn't quite figure out what was accurate. Yeah. Um, but but he also has talked to me before about the fact that he wants to host his podcast somewhere, but also have the flexibility of WordPress to build a podcast site, but have have the podcast host, you know, being Transistor or someone, actually power 
the WordPress site and automatically cross post mm-hmm. new episodes with a player to like a particular um, category or topic on your WordPress site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like he wants, you know, he wants to have all these extra pages and, and like the, 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 the features that come along with this whole ecosystem that, that WordPress provides with all these extra plugins, but also have the ability to not have to do double posting between yes. like a transistor and WordPress. Yeah, and I think there's two use cases there. Actually, if you're listening and you want this, give us some feedback because one use case I see is that we host the MP3s and we host the feed, but we just give them an easy way to create a post automatically on their WordPress site for the the episode, like that becomes the the shareable episode landing page or show notes. And then the other one is we host the MP3s and but the but we allow them to, we automatically post that to WordPress as a, a post, but the podcast feed is generated on the WordPress site. And so um, I'd be interested in, in knowing what people want. Uh, I know some people want the feed generated on their WordPress site. I personally mm-hmm. want the first one. I want Transistor to do the feed and then... Um, and the MP3 hosting, but I just want, you know, the ability for it to automatically post to my site as a, as a post, right? Yeah. So anyway, uh, the, the, my thought was thinking back to that conversation you had with Max is that's very much a Bluehost versus WP engine kind of conversation, and the reason people switched from, you know, these cheaper hosts to these more expensive premium hosts is like, for example, for me, I would, you know, my blog would get on to Hacker News and then traffic would spike and then Bluehost would crash. And so I would miss out mm-hmm. on all that opportunity. Or Bluehost, um, you know, they, I would have an old plugin installed and then it would get infected with a virus and then my whole site would go down and my database would be infected. And so WP Engine dealt with both of those things. They can deal with crazy traffic spikes and they automatically update your plugins if there's any sort of security vulnerability. Yeah, that's, that was a huge benefit. I remember, I mean, that was a huge pain in the butt back in the day. Yeah. Doing, so, you'd have to automatically, yeah. Yeah, and so I... I think we need to think about what are the things that people struggle with at the low end that maybe we can tackle on the high end. And uh, maybe this is a good time to uh, jump down in our notes here. Brian Castle did a a talk on how he automates his podcast, but the first Mm -hmm. part of his talk was just this big list of things he doesn't want to do when he's creating Mm -hmm. a podcast. And I just thought it was so, it was like perfect kind of customer uh, development work, just listening to his talk. So here's the things he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to find interesting people to interview. He doesn't want to research those people. He doesn't want to handle inviting those people and scheduling them. He doesn't want to handle audio editing and mixing. He doesn't want to handle writing show notes, links, and transcriptions. He doesn't want to design a feature image for the show. He doesn't want to handle upload and publishing it to WordPress. He doesn't want to handle sending new episodes to an email list. He doesn't want to handle posting new episodes to his social media accounts. He doesn't want to email the guests that their published episode is live. And he doesn't want um, 
to automatically have to generate reports on listener stats and trends. Yeah. So th these are things he doesn't want to do at all, or he doesn't want to manually do. Yeah, like he, he wants someone he, else, or or it to be automatically done. Yeah, sorry. And the, the the only thing he wanted to do was get on the microphone and having an interesting conversation. <laughs> so he was like, "When I make a podcast, what do, like mostly in terms of like what do I like? What like what's the part that gives me energy? What's the part I feel like I can fit into my busy schedule? Oh, well, it's doing the interview, having the conversation, but everything else it takes to produce a podcast, I don't want to have to handle that." Now, he's, he's launched a productized service that does all this stuff, so in some ways he's yeah. kind of promoting his own thing. But looking down this list, what are some things you think that Transistor could do with software and, and you know, help, like maybe are there some things we right. could check off Brian's list that we could do automatically? Certainly uploading and publishing to WordPress. Mm-hmm. Uh, sending new episodes to the email list. Yeah. Posting new episodes to social media accounts. Yeah. Um, emailing a guest about their published episode. Um, there is a half-finished feature that I have for Transistor that is like you can assign a guest to a show. Oh, my gosh. Uh, um, yeah. And have like a photo and a Twitter account and an email and stuff. And it would show up on your site and all these other things. But... Um, I didn't know about that kind of in, yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be, I had started that a while ago. Yeah. It'd be cool. That would be really cool. It, it was just awesome looking at this list and going, wait a second. You know, I mean, it's not, uh, it's not like it's easy, but we could, we already have an, uh, we already have an integration with MailChimp and ConvertKit. Maybe yep. the next step in that integration is as soon as you publish an episode, it just sends those show notes out as uh, email newsletter. And so, yeah. um, and maybe eventually we can take a, you know, we can have some sort of image generated for the player and, you know, people click on the player and then it opens up the actual, you know, website player. But that's yeah. something we could do. And thinking about how, in this case, Brian's saying, this would make my life better. Like if I didn't have to worry mm -hmm. about this, here's where I am right now. And here's how you could enable me to have this better life. I think also posting new episodes to social media accounts. Like I'm doing that manually yeah. for our show. Why couldn't we do that with software? That that's completely possible, right. right? Yeah, you totally can. I think we we could probably cut this list down by half fairly easily. The other ones are a little more difficult. Yeah, yeah. The the first but. half of his list is is more difficult, but um, the yeah the 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 last half of his list, I was just like, oh, this is this is awesome. Like. We're, we're, um, what, look at all the opportunities here. So mm -hmm. yeah, that talk was really fun. Is there anything else that's come up that kind of like that? Like things that people do manually that you think, ah, oh, you know what? We should just do that with software. Like it's completely possible. I was thinking about those little, those little social media things that people make, those little social media videos. That's yep. potentially automatable. Social media videos. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of it's around notifying people mm -hmm. about about new episodes. Um, things like, yeah, pulling in analytics from other services. The last one here is reporting on listener stats and trends. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times people need to sort of pull together these reports for advertisers. I think there's an opportunity there to sort of have like a, 
like an analytics landing page for for like potential advertisers to kind of like yeah maybe show like these unique links that can show um, someone else like what what your traffic is like yeah like for your show yeah like give give people a a, a link that they can just share and it just has real time stats like this is how many downloads our show gets this is you know yep. all all those kinds of things yeah mm-hmm. totally well and that reminds me of. Um, this talk by Justin Mares. He is the co-author of Traction. Um, he did that with Gabriel Weinberg. As an aside, I think I, I've seen this strategy a few times where someone, so Gabriel Weinberg had a big name because of DuckDuckGo. He was the founder of DuckDuckGo. And mm-hmm. Justin at the time didn't quite have the same profile, but somehow he connected with Gabriel and said, we should write this book. And now Traction has become kind of the must-read book for startups and marketing. And now Justin is associated with that book because he connected with someone with a higher profile than him. Yeah. And I think that's a good strategy for, um, for a lot of things, right? Like um, yeah. whether, when you're starting a business, getting a high-profile customer at the beginning um, if you're partnering up with a co-founder, partnering with someone that yeah. has a—that's uh, what I did with—that's what I did with you. <laughs> <laughs> Except sometimes you might not want that profile. <laughs> I was like, I was like, his tw- his Twitter his Twitter account follower counts higher than mine. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was your criteria. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, I think I think it is a good strategy, and he had this awesome talk. I, I actually spoke with him at. Um, the AppSumo conference, and he gave a very similar talk there, but just hearing it again was interesting. And one of the things they did was they, 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 they essentially started sending more emails. So one way that they reduced churn is they set up a, a bunch of trigger emails. So whenever someone took a particular action inside the app, they would say, oh, hey, thanks for taking this action. Here's kind of the outcome it's going to give you. And so there was just yeah. this series of emails going, oh, hey, you set up. So for us, it might be, hey, you set up your show. Awesome. Here's your next step or, you know, yeah. here's what it means for you. In particular, um, his app uh, is kind of like social proof. So it, it's I'm not sure if you've seen this, but FOMO will like pop up and say, John B. from Illinois just bought Transistor two seconds ago. And then it'll come, the, it's like a little notification kind of widget thing. And the idea is it gives social proof. So if you're looking at a, a pricing page, all of a sudden you see, you know, three little notifications pop up that go, oh, you know, Janet in Ohio just bought Transistor. Oh, you know, and, and, and it gives you the sense that people are, you know, oh, other people are buying this product. Right. Uh, and so w- one of the emails they sent that was very effective is, here's how much money you've made with FOMO, with our product. For us, you know, w- we're going to have the reports within Transistor, but sometimes just emailing those reports to people and saying, hey, here's how your last episode did, you know? Uh, it was published a week ago. Here's how it did. And just giving people a sense of, yeah. you know, here's what it means uh, in terms of what you've done. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that's kind of a great way to remind people of the value they're getting because they are, you know, 
yeah. spending money with us. <laughs> yes, exactly. And the way he presented it was, you know, if someone's thinking about canceling, you want to give them reasons not to cancel. And so if they don't hear from you for ages and ages and ages, and they're just kind of like, ah, you know, should I use that? Or, you know, like one trigger for us for sure that we're going to have to implement is, hey, I see you haven't uploaded an episode in about four weeks. And, you know, and that means they've probably lost momentum with their show. And so how are we going to help them regain momentum? And it might just be saying, here's some tips to, you know, get started again, or just, hey, just reply to this email and just tell us what you're struggling with. Is it, you know, you just can't get your co-host on the phone? Is it the editing is too hard? Is it, you know, what is it? And that's something I'd like to enable, you know, pretty soon, I think, is just help tracking and seeing, okay, if someone hasn't ep- uploaded an episode in four weeks, we should probably check in and just say, hey, how's mm-hmm. everything going? The opposite of that is like, yeah, uh, they, they hit a thousand downloads total or something like that. Yeah. So celebrating the wins too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing, he had this great email that he used to get more reviews. Uh, he basically said, thanks for using our app. Here's a big favor take 30 seconds, and then this is the key line. He said this is the line that they added that changed everything. Take 30 seconds and help me grow my little business. And he said when they added that in, people, it went from you know this big unknown, potentially huge corporate entity to, oh, this is just a little business like us, right? Yeah. And so people were much more willing to give them a review or help them out when they use that line like, hey, help us grow this little business. It's just, and for you and I, you know, it's just like, it's just John and I, we're just here trying to build this, build this thing. Yeah. Um, if you could help us with a review or you could help us with whatever, that would be really helpful. I mean, there were so many other talks. Uh, Patrick Collison, the founder of Stripe talked. I, I missed that one because I've seen him speak at MicroConf a few times, but uh, okay. I've, got, I've got all the notes for, um, for this in our show notes, so you can go and read the MicroConf talk notes. Uh, they're done by do, my. Do they um do they ever release videos for MicroConf? Is that a thing they do? They used to, but now they just release it kind of internally, just for like folks that okay. went and yeah. Uh, I think the the one thing about Patrick's talk, I you know they asked him word of mouth for Stripe spread fast. Was that a deliberate decision on, you know, your and John's part or did it just happen? And he said, we just lucked out. <laughs> he says the things we were yeah. competing against were comically bad. Our competitors forced you to fax things to them. And so he just said, <laughs> basically, there's just this huge kind of boiling, simmering desire for something better. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they had a really interesting approach and I don't know if it would it was deliberate or if it's just their background as developers, but they really, they obviously took hold of a market with just payment processing, which is just really, really tough to get into as a customer, but also is terrible to integrate with as a developer. And so they, they, I think they built the API first before anything and then built their website that's powered by the API, but they really targeted developers and even myself, you know, I, I used it really early in the day, but I was promoting it. I was like, you mm-hmm. got to use Stripe. Like as, a, you know, as an employee in a, in a company, I was like, we should use Stripe because like, it's so much easier to, to build with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think that went, I think that probably went a long way for them. 
Yeah. It's just like developers were the ones promoting it. <laughs> yes. And I think, you know, one, one thing I've been encouraged by is that we're getting, we have about 50 early access customers and there's a handful about them that are already sharing it on Twitter and things. I think Jason Resnick, I saw a tweet from him saying, I'm just loving, he, and he switched from a competitor, and he's like, yeah. I'm just loving Transistor. Like, it's been such, um, he said it's been an absolute pleasure to, like, <laughs> use it on a daily basis for his, his yeah, podcast. That's great. that's great feedback. So, it, you know, when you have something like that where people are like, this is just great. I've been waiting for something like this. That's a good sign. Um, so, yeah, all these notes will be up uh, and available for folks. Uh, I think maybe what we should do now is is talk about just I, I one thing I wanted to try is moving our what's been happening section to the end of the podcast. So we're going to try to do the main topic earlier and get into the meat. And then for all you folks still listening out there um, that are curious about, you know, hey, what are we working on? We could talk about that at the end, kind of like the after show. It's like the the post the post credit scenes of movies these days. That's right. The the, the post credit scenes, secret scenes, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Why don't you tell us about the the new feature you just uh, you just deployed? Yeah. Um, this was yeah. It kind of happened quick. So uh, it's been a busy week um, for me, like outside of Transistor anyway. But um, as I try to you know at least pick off small things we can tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this f- idea came up a couple of different times recently. I think one was a customer you had talked to, mm-hmm. and then another one was from um, Adam Clark, actually, who is relaunching his show, um, The Gently Mad. The Gently Mad, and and wanted a special feed for his subscribers or his like Patreon subscribers. I forget exactly what it was. Um, so, so the feature is private podcast feeds that are password protected. Yes. Oh, you were able to get, were you able to get password protected done as well? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I was just thinking like just a private feed, like give people the ability to generate a private feed, but you've actually got password protection working too. Yeah. It was pretty simple actually. So, um, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, that would actually be pretty easy to do. Um, so what you can do now in Transistor is have the option to, well, one, you can disable your feed entirely if you want because some people don't want to use the Transistor feed and don't want it even visible or accessible because it can kind of affect, if, they, if they're hosting their feed somewhere else or, or building it on their own, it could, you know, if someone finds the Transistor feed, it could affect how things get ingested elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But along with, that, along with that, you can say, I want my feed to be private and password protected. And what that will do is remove a link to your feed from your website if you use a website. Although if you use a website and you want a private podcast feed, they kind of don't go really go in hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were, if you wanted to like share one of your episodes uh, publicly, it would actually remove the the RSS link from the player itself. Mm-hmm. Um, what it'll do is automatically generate like a random username and password for the feed. Okay. And just give you a new link. I give you a new link to your feed that you can copy, and give to your whoever wants to listen to it privately, and they can subscribe to it manually in iTunes or Overcast. That's uh, so cool. So they don't even have to enter a username and password, and it just gets generated on its own. 
um, and that username and password have to be either supplied with the URL or entered in um, when someone visits the RSS feed to even view it and subscribe. Yeah. So it's not like we're we're not necessarily creating a, a, a RSS feed URL that's necessarily like obfuscated. Obf- obf- I can't say that word. <laughs> uh, like we're not we're not like randomizing the the feed location. We're just like protect ob- password protecting their existing. <laughs> obfuscated. <laughs> ob- obfuscated. Yeah, that's a tough one. I always had a hard time with that one too. I, I was just gonna say I used to be on a team and there was a point where we were building a feature where we needed to obfuscate something. And every time I tried to talk to our CTO about it, he would just laugh so hard watching me struggle with that word. Yeah. And it was like three times a day I'd have to say it. I was like, ah, this is frustrating. Yeah. Uh, uh. (laughs) Uh, And in that, uh, just a quick shout out, uh, Dan from CrowdRiff was the, the person that wrote in to ask about that feature. He had a really cool idea that he wants to, instead of doing uh, email newsletter for his company, for his team, he wants to do uh, like a private podcast just for the team. And I thought that was such a great idea and kind of right in our sweet spot of, you know, businesses that want a podcast. But it was a use case I hadn't considered, which is businesses that want a private podcast just for internal use. So here's a message from the CEO. And instead of him having to write things out, he could just dictate it on his iPhone, upload it to Transistor, and then have this private feed that, you know, everyone on his team gets. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I I think it'll be cool. I think that we'll use that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I just thought Um, that was such a cool idea. And he only wrote in about that on April 27th. So I'm like, writing him back as we do this podcast and saying, hey, yeah. we were able to get that done quick. It's like done right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, and then adding Adam Adam had sent me a message too, and he was like, I'm relaunching the Gently Mad, and I, I'm looking to do this, and is it possible? And I'm like, it's not possible, but I can look into it. And then I think I just finished, I just rolled it out that day. It was like this past Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was fairly simple. I mean, it, you know, yeah. wasn't too bad to do. So that's that's live now in, in your show settings if you are already a customer of Transistor. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at this right now. We've got a nice new advanced settings section. So, yeah, there's, yeah. Some, there's some other stuff in the in the to-do list to add to that. Yeah, this is really great. So other than that, that's I think that's the big, that's the big main feature. Um, yeah, we talked about the better uploader. That's done. Yeah. And next up is analytics. We we really want to get analytics done because it's kind of the last big feature we need before we do some sort of official launch. And um, actually, the other thing we're working on is the WordPress site. I haven't had time to... Uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's done. Adam Clark just finished it, but I need to get in there and, and get some content up. Our main, uh, main marketing site. Yeah, for the marketing site. So... Yeah. Once we get analytics done and once we get the main WordPress site done, I think we're pretty much kind of going to be ready for an official launch. Um, yeah. I mean, what, we haven't really talked about this, but in my mind, I'm thinking probably it's probably two to three months away. But what, what do you think? And what is that too fast or too slow in your mind? I probably I think two to three months is probably fine, if not sooner. I mean, there's... Depends how we launch it, I guess. I mean, we can open it up to more people mm-hmm. with the expectation that it's still not finished, finished. Yeah. Obviously, it's not ever going to be really finished, but there's a lot of things like documentation we need to write and 
Yeah. Um, a lot of copywriting for the, you know, our marketing site and copywriting within the interface just to make things a little bit smoother. Um, and that, that always probably takes longer than you think. Yeah. I think actually our homework for next week and listeners, again, if you're still listening right now, thank you. Uh, by the way, we love hearing from you folks. And so if you tweet us at Transistor FM or tweet us individually, John, at John Buddha or at M.I. Justin, uh, we really try to respond to those. So if you're listening, just say, hey, I'm still listening. This is our homework for next week is we need to have a launch date because I think without a launch date, it's just going to be easy for us to keep pushing things out. And um, maybe we've been a little bit too laid back about that. Maybe we just need to say, you know what? Here's the day. Yeah. Let's launch on that day. And you know, give us enough time to do it, but actually commit to a day so that yeah. not only can we keep ourselves accountable, but hmm. just also, you know, there's people out there, wait, we've closed early access. So if people are waiting to get on the platform... They want a date too. Yeah. What do you also, think? So I can book, also so I can book a flight to Canada so we can launch it in uh, person. Oh, yeah. We should do that. <laughs> that would be fun, actually. We should yeah. do something like that for sure. Yeah, we should. Cool. Push the big red button and launch it. Yeah. Is it, has someone made like a big red button that's like a USB thing that people can use for launches? I think there, I think there are buttons that will like... Will like run your deploy scripts or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I'm not surprised. I would not be surprised. <laughs> that would be super, that would be super fun. Cool. And anything else we should share with people? You think? Uh, I think that's that covers it. Um, one thing, it the 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 stats for this show are still awesome. Um, so on like the day we launched these episodes, we're still getting about 1,400 downloads. So thanks to everyone who shared the podcast. Thanks for, we're getting lots of uh, reviews. Oh yeah, we're getting lots of reviews. Um, oh yeah, we got a, we have the t-shirt contest we, we got to think we have, about too. We have the t-shirt contest. So what was the deal? It was by the end of May, anybody who yeah. leaves us a review before the end of May will be entered in the Transistor t-shirt contest. Just go to iTunes, search for Build Your SaaS, Click five stars, and you have to leave a written review. And we have gotten more. And unfortunately, I'm not in that section of our website that does this. Uh, this is another thing I would love to have within the Transistor interface is for us to pull in worldwide reviews. Uh, right now, we're yeah, just doing it with great. a WordPress plugin. So it's clearly possible for uh, you know us to figure this out. So we have got... Uh, and I noticed some international, like they're from all over the world. It's not just uh, in America. Okay. Kevin Vanderloot, he says, from the United States, says, this show is the bomb. John and Justin are super open books about starting their SaaS startup, they provide a good amount of actionable advice while also having stories and funny segments. Uh, their episodes on fears of the startup was enlightening and good to hear. Get on it. Subscribe now. Thank you, Kevin. We've actually got a ton of new ones. Wow. Um, nice. We've got one from Switzerland, uh, Stefan Turke. Turke? Uh, nice to hear the behind the scenes of Transistor FM and how you handle it with your other businesses. Um, for once, there's a podcast close to the reality of a majority of human beings on the earth who cannot physically hustle <laughs> with only three hours sleep a night. So <laughs> these are great. These are I great like folks. Yeah. So, 
so yeah, just keep these coming. Um, we appreciate every single one. John, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, find me on Twitter at John Buda, J-O-N-B-U-D-A, or uh, my website, johnbuda.com. Awesome. And I'm M-I Justin on Twitter and Instagram and uh, justinjackson.ca. Still silent, still radio silence from John still, Buda on Twitter. I know. I know. Keep pestering me. I'll, I'll break at some point. Maybe I mean, soon. Maybe this week. Maybe think, this is the week. I think our approach needs to be uh, impeach Trump. Because if we can get Trump yeah. out of office and off Twitter, I think then John will return to Twitter. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out which is easier, just getting John back on Twitter or getting getting Trump off Twitter. Uh, uh, I don't know. And as always, folks, please, if you're interested in hosting a podcast, go to Transistor.fm. Sign up for our early access list. When we do the official launch, you'll be the first to hear about it. And we would just love for there to be more audio shows, more podcasts out there. So get over there and we will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Have fun in Vegas, Justin. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.